Section 3 of Essays, Book 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Malone. Essays, Book 3 by Michel de Montaigne. Translated by Charles Cotton. Of Repentance. Others form man, I only report him, and represent a particular one, ill-fashioned enough, and whom, if I had to model him anew, I should certainly make something else than what he is, but that's past recalling. Now, though the features of my picture alter and change, tis not, however, unlike. The world eternally turns round, all things therein are incessantly moving. The earth, the rocks of Caucasus, and the pyramids of Egypt, both by the public motion and their own. Even constancy itself is no other but a slower and more languishing motion. I cannot fix my object. Tis always tottering and reeling by a natural giddiness. I take it as it is, at the instant I consider it. I do not paint its being, I paint its passage. Not a passing from one age to another, or, as the people say, from seven to seven years, but from day to day, from minute to minute. I must accommodate my history to the hour. I may presently change, not only by fortune, but also by intention. "'Tis a counterpart of various and changeable accidents, and of irresolute imaginations, and, as it falls out, sometimes contrary. Whether it be that I am then another self, or that I take subjects by other circumstances and considerations, so it is that I may peradventure contradict myself. But, as Demades said, I never contradict the truth.' Could my soul once take footing, I would not essay, but resolve. But it is always learning and making trial. I propose a life ordinary and without luster. Tis all one. All moral philosophy may as well be applied to a common and private life as to one of richer composition. Every man carries the entire form of human condition. Authors communicate themselves to the people by some especial and extrinsic mark. I, the first of any, by my universal being, as Michel de Montaigne, not as a grammarian, a poet, or a lawyer. If the world find fault that I speak too much of myself, I find fault that they do not so much as think of themselves. But... Is it reason that, being so particular in my way of living, I should pretend to recommend myself to the public knowledge? And is it also reason that I should produce to the world, where art and handling have so much credit and authority, crude and simple effects of nature, and of a weak nature to boot? Is it not to build a wall without stone or brick, or some such thing, to write books without learning and without art. The fancies of music are carried on by art, 
mine by chance. I have this at least, according to discipline, that never any man treated of a subject he better understood and knew than I what I have undertaken, and that in this I am the most understanding man alive. Secondly, that never any man penetrated farther into his matter, nor better and more distinctly sifted the parts and sequences of it, nor ever more exactly and finally arrived at the end he proposed to himself. To perfect it, I need bring nothing but fidelity to the world, and that is there, and the most pure and sincere that is anywhere to be found. I speak truth, not so much as I would, but as much as I dare, and I dare a little the more as I grow older. For methinks custom allows to age more liberty of prating and more indiscretion of talking of a man's self. That cannot fall out here, which I often see elsewhere, that the work and the artificer contradict one another. Can a man of such sober conversation have written so foolish a book, or do so learned writings proceed from a man of so weak conversation? He who talks at a very ordinary rate, and writes rare matter, tis to say that his capacity is borrowed, and not his own. A learned man is not learned in all things, but a sufficient man is sufficient throughout even to ignorance itself. Here my book and I go hand in hand together. Elsewhere men may commend or censure the work without reference to the workman. Here they cannot. Who touches the one touches the other. He who shall judge of it without knowing him will more wrong himself than me. He who does know him gives me all the satisfaction I desire. I shall be happy beyond my desert if I can obtain only thus much from the public approbation as to make men of understanding perceive that I was capable of profiting by knowledge, had I had it and had I deserved to have been assisted by a better memory. Be pleased here to excuse what I often repeat, that I very rarely repent, and that my conscience is satisfied with itself not as the conscience of an angel, or that of a horse, but as the conscience of a man, always adding this clause, not one of ceremony, but a true and real submission, that I speak inquiring and doubting, purely and simply referring myself to the common and accepted beliefs for the resolution. I do not teach, I only relate. There is no vice that is absolutely a vice which does not offend, and that a sound judgment does not accuse, for there is in it so manifest a deformity and inconvenience that, peradventure, they are in the right who say that it is chiefly begotten by stupidity and ignorance. So hard is it to imagine that a man can know without abhorring it. Malice sucks up the greatest part of its own venom, and poisons itself. Vice leaves repentance in the soul like an ulcer in the flesh, which is always scratching and lacerating itself. 
for reason effaces all other grief and sorrows, but it begets that of repentance, which is so much the more grievous by reason it springs within, as the cold and heat of fevers are more sharp than those that only strike upon the outward skin. I hold for vices, but every one according to its proportion, not only those which reason and nature condemn, but those also which the opinion of men, though false and erroneous, have made such, if authorized by law and custom. There is likewise no virtue which does not rejoice a well-descended nature. There is a kind of, I know not what, congratulation in well-doing that gives us an inward satisfaction, and a generous boldness that accompanies a good conscience. A soul daringly vicious may peradventure arm itself with security, but it cannot supply itself with this complacency and satisfaction. Tis no little satisfaction to feel a man's self preserved from the contagion of so depraved an age, and to say to himself, Whoever could penetrate into my soul would not there find me guilty either of the affliction or ruin of any one, or of revenge or envy, or any offense against the public laws, or of innovation or disturbance, or failure of my word. And though the license of time permits and teaches every one so to do, yet have I not plundered any Frenchman's goods, or taken his money, and have lived upon what is my own, in war as well as in peace. Neither have I set any man to work without paying him his hire. These testimonies of a good conscience please, and this natural rejoicing is very beneficial to us, and the only reward that we can never fail of. To ground the recompense of virtuous actions upon the approbation of others is too uncertain and unsafe a foundation, especially in so corrupt and ignorant an age as this, wherein the good opinion of the vulgar is injurious. Upon whom do you rely to show you what is recommendable? God defend me from being an honest man, according to the descriptions of honor I see every one make of himself. Quae furant wittia, more sunt. Some of my friends have at times schooled and scolded me with great sincerity and plainness, either of their own voluntary motion, or by me entreated to it, to an office which to a well-composed soul surpasses not only in utility, but in kindness, all other offices of friendship. I have always received them with the most open arms, both of courtesy and acknowledgment. But to say the truth, I have often found so much false measure, both in their reproaches and praises, that I had not done much amiss rather to have done ill than to have done well according to their notions. We who live private lives, not exposed to any other view than our own, ought chiefly to have settled a pattern within ourselves by which to try our actions, and according to that 
sometimes to encourage and sometimes to correct ourselves. I have my laws and my judicature to judge of myself and apply myself more to these than to any other rules. I do indeed restrain my actions according to others, but extend them not by any other rule than my own. You yourself only know if you are cowardly and cruel, loyal and devout. Others see you not, and only guess at you by uncertain conjectures, and do not so much see your nature as your art. Rely not, therefore, upon their opinions, but stick to your own. Tuo tibi judicio estu tendum, virtutus et vitiortum grave ipsius conscientiae pondus est, qua soblata, jacent omnia. Thou must employ thy own judgments upon thyself, great is the weight of thy own conscience in the discovery of virtues and vices, which taken away, all things are lost. Cicero, De Natura Deorum, 3.35, Tusculani Questiones, 1.25. But the saying that repentance immediately follows the sin seems not to have respect to sin in its highest state, which is lodged in us as in its own proper habitation. One may disown and retract the vices that surprise us, and of which we are hurried by passions. But those which by a long habit are rooted in a strong and vigorous will are not subject to contradiction. Repentance is no other but a recanting of the will and an opposition to our fancies, which lead us which way they please. It makes this person disown his former virtue and continency. Quae mains est hodie, cur eadam non puero fuit, vel cur his animis in colomes non rediunt genai. What my mind is, why was it not the same when I was a boy? Or why do not the cheeks return to these feelings? Horace Odes 5.10.7 Tis an exact life that maintains itself in due order in private. Everyone may juggle his part and represent an honest man upon the stage, but within and in his own bosom, where all may do as they list, where all is concealed, to be regular, there's the point. The next degree is to be so in his house and in his ordinary actions, for which we are accountable to none, and where there is no study nor artifice. And therefore Bias, setting forth the excellent state of a private family, says, Of which a master is the same within, by his own virtue and temper, that he is abroad, for fear of the laws and report of men. And it was a worthy saying of Julius Drusus to the Masons who offered him for three thousand crowns to put his house in such a posture that his neighbors should no longer have the inspection into it as before. I will give you, said he, six thousand to make it so that everybody may see into every room. Tis honorably recorded of Agesilaus that 
he used in his journeys always to take up his lodgings in temples to the end that the people and the gods themselves might pry into his most private actions such a one has been a miracle to the world in whom neither his wife nor servant has ever seen anything so much as remarkable few men have been admired by their own domestics no one was ever a prophet not merely in his own house but in his own country says the experience of histories tis the same in things of naught and in this low example the image of a greater is to be seen in my country of gascony they look upon it as a drollery to see me in print the further off i am read from my own home the better i am esteemed i purchase printers in guienne elsewhere they purchase me upon this it is that they lay their foundations who conceal themselves present and living and to obtain a name when they are dead and absent i had rather have a great deal less in hand and do not expose myself to the world upon any other account than my present share when i leave it i quit the rest see this functionary whom the people escort in state with wonder and applause to his very door he puts off the pageant with his robe and falls so much the lower by how much he was higher exalted in himself within all is tumult and degraded and though all should be regular there it will require a vivid and well-chosen judgment to perceive it in these low and private actions to which may be added that order is a dull sombre virtue to enter a breach conduct an embassy govern a people are actions of renown to reprehend laugh sell pay love hate and gently and justly converse with a man's own family and with himself not to relax not to give a man's self the lie is more rare and hard and less remarkable by which means retired lives whatever is said to the contrary undergo duties of as greater greater difficulty than the others do and private men says aristotle serve virtue more painfully and highly than those in authority do we prepare ourselves for eminent occasions more out of glory than conscience the shortest way to arrive at glory would be to do that for conscience which we do for glory and the virtue of alexander appears to me of much less vigor in his great theatre than that of socrates in his mean and obscure employment i can easily conceive socrates in the place of alexander but alexander in that of socrates i cannot who shall ask the one what he can do he will answer subdue the world and who shall put the same question to the other he will say carry on human life comfortably with its natural condition a much more general weighty and legitimate science than the other the virtue of the soul does not consist in flying high but in walking orderly its grandeur does not exercise itself in grandeur but in mediocrity 
as they who judge and try us within make no great account of the luster of our public actions and see they are only streaks and rays of clear water springing from a slimy and muddy bottom so likewise they who judge of us by this gallant outward appearance in like manner conclude of our internal constitution and cannot couple common faculties and like their own with the other faculties that astonish them and are so far out of their sight therefore it is that we give such savage forms to demons and who does not give tamerlane great eyebrows wide nostrils a dreadful visage and a prodigious stature according to the imagination he has conceived by the report of his name had any one formerly brought me to erasmus i should hardly have believed but that all was adage and apothegm he spoke to his man or his hostess we much more aptly imagine an artisan upon his clothes-stool or upon his wife than a great president venerable by his port and sufficiency we fancy that they from their high tribunals will not abase themselves so much as to live as vicious souls are often incited by some foreign impulse to do well so are virtuous souls to do ill they are therefore to be judged by their settled state when they are at home whenever they may be and at all events when they are nearer repose and in their native station natural inclinations are much assisted and fortified by education but they seldom alter and overcome their institution a thousand natures of my time have escaped towards virtue or vice through a quite contrary discipline seek obi de suetai silvis in carcere clausae mans waverae ferae et voltus possuere minaces atque hominem didicere pati si torida parvus venit in ora cruor rediunt rabiesque furorque admonitaeque tument gustatio sanguine fauces Fervetita trepido weeks obstinate ira magistro. So savage beasts, when shut up in cages and grown accustomed to their woods, have become tame and have laid aside their fierce looks and submit to the rule of man. If again a slight taste of blood comes into their mouths, their rage and fury return their jaws are erected by thirst of blood and their anger scarcely abstains from their trembling masters lucan four two thirty seven these original qualities are not to be rooted out they may be covered and concealed the latin tongue is as it were natural to me i understand it better than french but I have not been used to speak it, nor hardly to write it, these forty years, unless upon extreme and sudden emotions, which I have fallen into twice or thrice in my life, and once, seeing my father in perfect health, fall upon me in a swoon. 
I have always uttered from the bottom of my heart my first words in Latin, nature deafened and forcibly expressing itself in spite of so long a discontinuation, and this example is said of many others. They who in my time have attempted to correct the manners of the world by new opinions reform seeming vices, but the essential vices they leave as they were, if indeed they do not augment them. And augmentation is therein to be feared. We defer all other well-doing upon the account of these external reformations of less cost and greater show and thereby expiate good cheap for the other natural, consubstantial, and intestine vices. Look a little into our experience. There is no man, if he listen to himself, who does not in himself discover a particular and governing form of his own that jostles his education and wrestles with the tempest of passions that are contrary to it. For my part, I seldom find myself agitated with surprises. I always find myself in my place, as heavy and unwieldy bodies do. If I am not at home, I am always near at hand. My dissipations do not transport me very far. There is nothing strange or extreme in the case, and yet I have sound and vigorous turns. End of section three, reading by Malone.